Anybody here remember Super Bowl II? Ah, Dick does. All right. How about Super Bowl 45? Maybe 31? <laughs> Next thing we can say is hike, right? Yeah. Probably you don't remember those. Um, I didn't. I just picked numbers out of the air. Well, I didn't actually pick numbers out of the air. I picked Super Bowls that the Packers won. <laughs> you know, with all the hype around this game, it's uh, pretty amazing. You'd think there was nothing else important going on in the world. You got to get out there and celebrate this game. You got to, you know, have the party of parties. Uh, did you make sure to get that new extra big 4K HD super duper? Yeah. You got to watch it with your friends. You got to celebrate. And there's nothing wrong with all of that. I'm, I'm going to do that with my brother this evening, watch the game with him. But uh, you know what, Chiefs fans, you may remember this game for many years to come. And maybe... I hope it's not true, but you may wish that this game was gone real quickly by the end of the evening. I don't know. Yeah, you'd think there was nothing else going on in the world. It's on the news this morning that the first death outside China from the coronavirus has occurred, and it is continuing to spread at an unprecedented rate. Impeachment hearings, they're pretty well done. It's all over but the screaming now. And uh, yeah, frustrating. No matter which side you're on, it's definitely frustrating. The federal budget deficit is increasing and it doesn't look like it's gonna slow down anytime soon. And one thing that you won't see in the news Christians are being martyred all over the world, and particularly in Central Africa. And do we hear anything about it? No, probably not. Deep down, people are looking for something far more than just the, the joy of a winning team on this day. Today, uh, of all days, the dark days of winter are coming yet even though Puxitani Phil did see his shadow and will not, uh, or didn't see his shadow, and therefore we're going to have an early spring. Uh, you know, we still need something more, don't we? Obviously. I think the last half, the last couple of verses of our epistle reading this morning from 1 Corinthians 1 might help us to understand a few things, a few things about ourselves, about our gracious God, and about what really matters, and that's telling others about Jesus. First of all, who are we? Are we sophisticated folks, wise with great education and the praise of many? Probably not. Are we always smooth, never tripping over our words, and always finding fresh and effective things to say? <laughs> You've been listening to my sermons for enough years, you know that ain't true. Are we the brightest and best from the high society families, respected in every way? Well, wouldn't it be great if we were, but you know what? It's really not that way among us, is it? Think of what you were, Paul says, when you were called. 
Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Many of us were just simply infants brought to the font, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that is hardly a noteworthy from the world's perspective beginning to our life. Others came into the church because we married or got to know someone who was a Lutheran, and that's what brought us here. Others still, well, you may have uh, had a friend who was kind enough, caring enough, persistent enough to tell you the good news of Jesus, and you landed in a church. That's great. Some of you have done well in business. That's wonderful. Some are teachers or other professionals. That's, that, again, that's great. But all of that added up together doesn't mean that the networks are going to show up here after service to interview you today, or me as far as that goes. And by the way, I'm not trying to uh, insult anyone. I'm just trying to talk about what the reality is here because we need to remember who we are. We are, most of us, common, ordinary, middle-class Americans, many of us with a family, and the folks that we most often seek to share our faith with are pretty much like us because that's the vast majority of the people in America. Common, ordinary, down-to-earth people. Now that means we don't have to try and be someone else when telling them the heart of our faith. You don't have to have a great education or hours and hours of study to tell others God loves you, and he does. You don't have to understand all the great and glorious mysteries of life to proclaim the forgiveness of sins that is real and true in Jesus, and it is. We don't need sophisticated language to pray with our children or grandchildren at bedside or at the table. We can simply be ourselves and use the language and love that God has already given us in his word in abundance. We can be ourselves. We can be ourselves because God took care of the part that really requires someone special. And that someone special came with great wisdom and supreme authority. He who created all things gave his promise of a Savior when sin entered the world, and as time went on, God led his people to freedom from slavery in Egypt, a foretaste of the great things to come. He continued to bless them every day as he led them in the wilderness, even though they didn't deserve it. God led his people taught them his design for their lives, gave them a name and a place to live. We know it as the land of Israel of old. And he preserved them from their enemies until the time came for God himself to humbly enter our world as the babe of Bethlehem. And so Jesus was humbly born of Mary, humbly lived among the people of that small village of Nazareth, all the while completely in touch with God's holy and perfect will. 
According to God's design, Jesus taught the people. He healed the people. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom to the people. The fulfillment of God's will. That's what he came to do. That's who he is. And so Jesus went the humble way of the cross, the cruel cross of Calvary, bloody and beaten, <clears throat> looking for all the world like a fool, a common caught criminal, suffering the end of his foolish, sinful life. That's what it looked like. But he was not, and he is not a fool, nor was he a sinner receiving his just reward. And he showed us that. Like no one else ever laid in a grave, Jesus rose from the dead and then showed himself alive to his apostles and to many others. And then on the 40th day, ascended back to his rightful glory in heaven. That's who he is for us. And now he calls us his beloved people. He calls us to tell the world of how he made God's love and mercy, forgiveness and grace available for all. That is the wisdom and power and righteousness that Paul spoke of that makes an eternal difference still today. Is that message popular in our world? No, not really, because, well, think about it. It's an insult to those who want to stand on their own two spiritual feet, and that encompasses most of the world. It encompasses our own sinful nature. Does God's church come to the world with great power and might? Well, if you listen to Joel Osteen, you'd think it does, but not in the sense that the world around us would truly understand because the gospel doesn't fit human reason. It's not reasonable, as a matter of fact, much less satisfying human reason. Why would God, how could God, be human and yet remain the one true and only God? Why would the only truly good man ever to live in this world die for those who are evil? It doesn't make sense. It's, it's crazy, but it's true. It really is. And that is where the real power lies hidden, in the grace and wonder of God's love in Christ, crucified and risen for you. Sophisticated answers from sophisticated people to sophisticated questions cannot make an eternal difference in even one single life. But the unique power of God at work in the gospel of Jesus Christ makes an eternal difference in the hearts and lives of all who believe. It's that simple and yet that profound. A part-time hospice chaplain on his first visit to a dying man was asked, Chaplain, how can I know when I've done enough good to get into heaven? Well, the chaplain tactfully told him that he had not done enough. As a matter of fact, he never could do enough good in order to earn eternal life. 
But God has already given him the free gift of the gospel, eternal life as a gift through faith in Jesus Christ. It is trust in him rather than in self that saves, he told the man. And the man's response, that's too easy. Well, the days went on. The chaplain continued to visit. They continued to talk, and through those conversations, the Holy Spirit of God touched that man's heart, and the man came to hope in Christ. And yet every week, the man would still ask, are you sure that God is forgiving me every day because of the payment Jesus made? And every week, as he received that affirmative answer to his question, the man would smile and say, that's wonderful. Have we lost that perspective? How wonderful it is that we are loved by God? Oh, yes, it's wonderful. Therefore, as it is written, Paul says, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. He's the one who's got it, the love and grace and mercy we need. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.